When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. What a Friday show we have for you. It's first class. Bo's on location. I just broke a glass before the show. I tried to have a beverage. That's not happening. Frank's a, uh, he's his Wi-Fi is a little, little spotty again, 2.0, but we're, we're battling just like the Arizona Cardinals are set to battle the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday night. In all seriousness, welcome to the PHNX Cardinals podcast. Brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. I'm Johnny Venerable. He's Bo Brock. He's Frank Sanders. Bo, it looks like, are you in um, a garage, potentially? A guest bedroom, perhaps? This is the uh, this is the laundry room slash I think office at my in laws and it's it, it's actually a little bit nicer than my camera angles giving us like there's a nice desk I'm in a nice chair I'm not in the Cliff Kingsbury office that was shown on Hard Knocks a little promo there where it looked like he was in prison um, and I think we're actually a little bit behind I don't think that anybody can join us because we weren't scheduled to start for like another minute or so so. We've got a couple of people waiting to get into the show, uh, and, and we'll officially start our broadcast. Did you notice that, Johnny? Got- I did. It says 10 are waiting, but we are live, and we can start technically early. So it's just going to be one of those things where these three gentlemen are going to shoot the shit until the folks can come in. Frank Sanders, <laughs> Mr. 81, who, eat, who eats DBs regularly, especially in the late <laughs> 90s, early 2000s. Frank, how are you, sir? Sir, I'm doing good. You caught me in a situation. I was like, man, I better go run and I had to go to the makeup room pretty fast and come back within that timeline. But I'm doing good, man. It's happy Friday to everyone. Right now, I think outside is a uh, a dust storm coming out of the south, heading uh, heading north a little bit on the south side of Phoenix. And uh, you know what but, the Doppler says? Well, that's what Frank just saw. I just drove <laughs> through it. Just drove through it to get here, brother. <laughs> Welcome in everybody who's popping in. Johnny Venerable, Bo Brock, Frank Sanders here to talk Arizona Cardinal football like we do every day better than anybody else. The Elite, the premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. And folks, uh, it's the ever-changing Cardinal cornerback room. We speculated a tidbit yesterday and said, let's have a formal conversation about who the Arizona Cardinals are supposedly going to target in a trade. For those of you who weren't with us yesterday, This tweet from Arizona Sports' John Gambadaro went live uh, yesterday afternoon while we were live, and it said the following, they will trade, meaning the Cardinals, for a cornerback. So they're going to trade for one. Then I was listening to some folks uh, at the Volume Sports Network, John Middlecoff, saying that he is hearing 
a bunch of trades are going to go down next week. So supposedly this these first two preseason games are kind of the entry point for let's just let's finish camp and then we're going to whittle our rosters down and we're going to add people at, at positions where we think we need. So, Bo Brock, I'll start with you. Give me some names, some speculatory names. Wow. I know we've talked off air that the Arizona Cardinals could potentially target and why those names maybe fit the bill qualifications otherwise. It's tough because you would think that any team that has any kind of expectations, um, you know, why would they want to part ways with such a premium position like cornerback? I mean, especially in a passing league, you just need guys that can that can cover. Um, so it, it was tough. I mean, I've seen the name Greedy Williams come up quite a bit. Johnny, I don't know what your thoughts are on Greedy Williams, a guy who, you know, I, I definitely thought was a fit for the Arizona Cardinals during the draft process a couple of years ago coming out of LSU. Uh, but Greedy, he's kind of slipped down the depth chart. It's a position that the Browns have had a lot of success drafting. Denzel Ward, they also had uh, last year, they take the kid out of Northwestern. Um, Greg Newsom, yep. Greg Newsom, who looks like he's going he's gonna to probably find his way to the starting lineup. So you're starting to look at some of these crowded defensive secondaries. And I think Denver has one of those, uh, you know, with the emergence of Patrick Sertain Jr. Maybe you've got a guy like uh, Michael Oja Maduda, or uh, I'm sorry, Oja Maduya. Uh, why, why am I struggling so bad with his name? Michael Oja. O. His name's Michael O. Yeah, Michael O. Denver Broncos. But you yeah. got a log, you got a log jam there at cornerback, and it was. I think he's a guy that could play the position for the Arizona Cardinals. He was lost for a hamstring issue. I think he could be a guy that could be a fit for the Arizona Cardinals. Like, do you see any marquee names though? I mean, I see Marshawn Lattimore's name bandied about. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the issue. Is there's no. Marshawn Lattimore was just signed to an extension, guys. So, like, that's not happening. If that was going to happen, we speculate on this very show before that extension, could the Cardinals potentially acquire him in a trade? And considering it's kind of a a soft reset, maybe that was the time to strike. Nope, they said he's part of our core. He's certainly been a fantastic first-round pick dating back to 2017. I would say you're going to be looking at somebody, I I agree with the chat, like a William Jackson who's overpaid. I thought Shaq Griffin might be a name to look at. Jacksonville sure. Jaguars, you know, Trent Bulky didn't bring him on. You've got Doug Peterson, brand new head coach, offensive minded. Shaq Griffin is the highest cap hit, I believe, on the Jacksonville Jaguars this year. He's making $17 million. Is he an A corner? I don't think so, but I, I make an argument he's better than anything you've got on the outside right now. And I think the Jaguars would be more interested in maybe a player for player plus picks. So, Frank Sanders, I would be interested in maybe offering them a mid-round pick plus a rotational wide receiver, a rotational offensive lineman. I mean, what what are your thoughts on the Cardinals getting aggressive in the cornerback market, and do you think it's too late? My only question is, <clears throat> well, I don't think it's too late. I think it's absolutely a good time to get some guys in. Uh, that room definitely needs some help. We definitely understand that. Again, I, I, we talk about the defensive line. We think that our defensive line has the power and the ability to be special, right? But they're young and inexperienced. We have some we have some veterans around them. Every DB in the league needs a, a, a great defensive line. Or well, he needs a line that can kind of, you know, maintain the quarterback's position at least and then allow himself to do what he needs to do as a cornerback. That's that's just that's just basic one-on-one football, right? Uh I like our, what we have right now. I think that some of the guys are young, but they have some experience. I'd be okay with if we went outside and got some guys from the outside. I mean, some some veteran leadership that can kind of mold these guys. I mean, we got Marcus Peterson, 31 interceptions. He's a little older, 
Um, got a, but he's got he's got the little dog in him. He's a little bit like that Buda Baker s from the outside, not being a safety. I like Marcus Peters because he has you know, he's got hands. Um, if you're looking from that standpoint, Trayvon Mullen, I'm okay with him too. I think that you can kind of balance that out with height, size, and length. Um, some of our cornerbacks look. Marco Wilson is a tall dude. We got some we got some really tall cornerbacks, and and, and um, from from my from my from my standpoint, um, but. I like Greedy Williams too. I hope we can pull a rabbit eye hat with him. Six foot two, long range, if that's possible. Because yeah. I think that'll help. And I, I agree with Frank. And Bo, you tell me if you think differently. It's going to be an outside corner. It's going to be somebody who has length and size to play outside because they've made a staunch commitment publicly and privately to play Marco Wilson in the slot, or excuse me, Byron Murphy in the slot permanently. And so you think about somebody like Marcus Peters, I think would, I agree with Frank, fit this Cardinals defense and the chat very well because of the fact that he forces turnovers and the Cardinals defense is really bend, but, but don't break, right? They're not a lockdown defense in the sense that they're forcing a ton of three and outs and that you've got negative net yardage. What did we see last year when the Cardinals were humming, when they were at Chicago, when they were at Cleveland, they took the ball away. I think that's the kind of defense Vance Joseph wants to play opportunistic. The offense is loaded. It's a complimentary defense that forces turnovers. Marcus Peters, like Trayvon Diggs in Dallas will get burned but he has the ability to take the ball from the opposing offense. And, and the Cardinals really, you know, with all due respect to, to Marco Wilson and, and Byron Murphy and company, they don't have a ball hawk at cornerback. No, they don't. And I appreciate picking spreads, picking me up. Oja Moody is uh, Oja Moody is the name that I struggled with out of Denver that I practiced off air so many times. And I, old marble math couldn't, couldn't get it out. William Jackson and uh, William Jackson, and Shaq Griffin would have to be their current teams would be have to be willing to absorb a ton of dead cap space. Like yeah. and, and Washington and Jacksonville could be in a position, especially Jacksonville, even with the new hire of Doug Peterson and year two of Trevor Lawrence. You know, the expectations probably aren't competing in an AFC South. So would they be willing to maybe absorb that contract and play some younger guys? That's where I think Griffin could come into play. Kendall Fuller is a guy that thrives on the inside. Like he made his name in this league playing inside. So that's not a fit, right? As we talk about looking for guys on the outside. So yeah, Marcus Peters, it would save Baltimore $10 million. I mean, you're going to see that this is an organization that kind of goes against the grain. Like they love, they love to try to be the smartest team in the room. And they would see that as maybe a, a financially savvy move for them to do some other things. And it would probably be applauded by the rest of the league. And the Arizona Cardinals would be able to pick up a guy that could make an impact early on. Like I, I think that that's a very possible big name that could be on the on the move potentially next week. Number one, assuming he's healthy. Number two, I also think it's it's a prime time to to pry him away because Doug Martindale is no longer coordinating this defense in Baltimore. It's Mike McDonald McDonald or McDonald. He's a brand new DC in Baltimore. They they got rid of the aforementioned Don Martindale, so he has no ties really to Marcus Peters. They have no ties. And they, they presumably want to roll with a lot of their young guys. They've got Marlon Humphrey. Um, I, Marcus Peters was was kind of that splashy for agency move after he won a Super Bowl with Kansas City. It just never worked out. I think the Cardinals could swoop in, take on a bunch of money, because now they have money. It's really kind of paints a picture, gentlemen, as to, okay, the Cardinals signed Kyler Murray to extension. They freed up money. Signed D.J. Humphreys to an extension. They freed up money, Frank Sanders. And now it's like, has this been the plan all along? We're waiting for them to go and, and, and have a splash or two in free agency. Maybe it's all been a calculated move by Steve Kime, and I'll give the much maligned GM credit here, 
that he was always planning on trading for a quote unquote big name at corner to absorb some salary. Someone in the chat earlier said Patrick Peterson. <laughs> All right. I just, I just threw that out there. We saw, I saw some it. practice footage, by the way, of P2 the other day. P2 is going to be in this field in about 18 months. Mark right, my so, word. So, so let me, let me, let me do this real quick. So, I will say this here. I don't exactly know what our defensive our defensive scheme is right now. We're still young up front. We are our, our, our linebacking core. We don't know who's calling the plays, or we also know Jalen's going to call the plays. And some of these guys are saying everyone can call the play every now and then. So some guys, everybody on the defense is going to have like a little microphone. So from a from a receiver standpoint, and I'm looking at my defense, and I'm just trying to put put this together. Both saying what defense are we playing? Like if I'm if I'm if I'm playing the Arizona Cardinals. What defense are they playing? Are they playing a cover three? Are they zone? Are they man? Are they man zone? Are there a three, four defense, a four, three defense that's three down linemen, four down, you know, four down linemen scheme? Or, or what kind of defensive scheme they have? And I, that to me, I don't know yet. I don't know how much pressure we can get on the quarterback and these guys become better zone. Zone coverage guys, we talk about a bend, don't break defense because that's fine in the middle of the field. But when you get in the red zone, you know, you can kind of lock some guys up and play man to man. That gives you the ability to kind of get tall, rangy kind of cornerbacks that guys that are savvy. We talk about Marcus Peterson. We talk about Shaq Williams. Well, those guys are savvy. They're smart. They tug, they pull, they grab guys. They don't have to have kitchen mittens on their hands at practice because, you know, they're going to do what they do. Right. So to me, I'm not I'm just Bo. I'm not so specifically on what our defense will be because of that. We're we're calling out names of guys that I, I think that have a lot of they still have a lot of upside. Look. Uh, Greedy Williams is 24. You know, look, uh, Sidney Jones is 26. Shaq Griffin is 26. We got young guys that we talk, we're trying to talk to bring in. So that's great for us. But what kind of defensive scheme that I think that do you think we're going to play this year? Because I'm, I'm leaning more toward let our defense kind of do some some fun stuff up front with the front seven because they're still young. Some veterans, why don't we you know, become more of a zone defense and guys that can kind of be in a bend, don't break scenario until they get into the red zone? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think as far as Vance and the defense that he's running, he's he's kind of gotten away from the traditional three four. Uh, it's more an amoeba. I mean, it, it changes, and when you when you draft guys because of their versatility, you want that, right? So, uh, it, what, what's it going to look like? You know, what are the guys going to come into the building and say, "Hey, what's our what's our base?" You know, it, it's it's a three four. It really isn't. You know, they can play some three five. They can play some four two five. We'll see what they do. But I, I think as far as a guy like Marcus Peters is, he would he would fit that role of a vet. He would fit as far as the, his playing style. It adds diversity to this group because I feel like you look at these young corners and they all fit a similar profile, right? Like Byron Murphy, Mark, or Marco Wilson, uh, Josh Jackson, and, and even the young man out of Valdosta State and, uh, and Christian Matthew. Yeah. They, they all are kind of bigger guys, physical, good tacklers. Uh, but they're, they don't have that finesse, right? They don't have those no. ball hawking skills. And I think that Peters could bring that to the table. But I don't want to like put all my eggs in Marcus Peters' back basket because Baltimore wants to win at the end of the day. And if they feel like he's a piece to move forward coming off the PUP, you know, I think that they'll they'll hold on to him. I mean, it, at this stage, you know, saving ten million dollars in cap space. You know what? What would Baltimore do that with that for 2022? You know, do they have a, a good use for it? You know, I don't think it's going to go into Lamar Jackson's extension if that ever happens. Uh, so, what, what's the point of freeing all that up, all that space? Why would they be motivated? 
Mike B in the chat says it's what I've been hearing. So Mike B in the nose says the cards are trading for a cornerback coming off injury. It has to be Peters. And and listen, I, I agree with Bo Brock. Trayvon Mullen is, fits that too as well. By yeah, the way, he does. Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's one of those things where Baltimore were to do that. How does it help their, their ability to win games this year? I, yeah. the, the, the pushback would be, well, he wasn't really part of this team last year. And, and when you were that much removed, it's kind of like the Robert Alford scenario, his first couple of years in Arizona. It's like anything we get is a bonus at this point. And if there's a team that's desperate and make no mistake about it, like contrary to what their lack of moves have been, like the Cardinals have made it known they're, they're, they're desperate for some help at cornerback. Cliff Kingsbury's basically been begging Steve Kime in press conferences. Let's, let's get some more experienced guys in here. And when teams see that, and you know there's if there's any team, we've talked about it at nauseum, Bo and Frank, in the NFL that values picks more than anybody, it's Baltimore. Baltimore, who maybe would sacrifice a little bit, but Baltimore's not better than Cincinnati this year. You know, they're they're a wild card team if Lamar plays well, but like is Marcus Peters gonna be the differentiator between them making the playoffs and not? I don't think so. Whereas maybe that's the case in Arizona. You get a healthy Marcus Peters, maybe pushes the Cardinals from eight, nine to ten and seven if he gets a couple interceptions here or there and the Cardinals are able to play a little bit more stout defense for force a couple turnovers so his value may be better for another team and if you're if you're Steve Kime we we have seen him he has not been shy in giving up picks for players and typically he comes out on the better side of that deal you want to talk about once upon a time of course getting Chandler Jones for a song DeAndre Hopkins for a second round pick and unloading David Johnson's contract now he just did a deal coincidentally enough with Baltimore in the first round of the NFL draft, Frank mm-hmm. Sanders bringing in Hollywood Brown, adding a third-round pick and giving up their first-round pick. So it's not like the Ravens and the Cardinals aren't familiar with each other. So maybe this is just the next precursor to what this relationship has been, the Cardinals and the Ravens. It would be special to see. I know that for a fact. I mean, like that, they did a great job with going to get Hollywood. Of course, they talked. They had some backdoor channel talking, so that worked out. What was the in, question? I think Ozzy's in his last year as a general manager over in Baltimore. So, I mean, he's probably trying to figure out how to put together. Well, no, he, he's been gone for a couple of years. You got Eric DaCosta there who, who's pulling the strings. He was a, he was an Ozzy. He was his, I mean, he, he was a, the assistant GM forever that waited to, to become the successor there. And he's pretty much running a similar ship. It, it's the same values that they had before Frank, but um, let me. Can I put my tinfoil hat on real quick, Go Johnny? Ahead. Yeah, let's see if do, I have the. Do the if it's not, I think it's like the you and I together on like some airplane. Okay, this, well I think yeah, I right can here. There we go. That's what we got for you here at PHNX Cardinals. Live. It's, it's you and me in the tinfoil hat club chopper. We got that, huh? Um, let me. So today we we wrapped up training camp out in Glendale, Arizona Cardinals. They were they were gifted just a walk through. They didn't have a grueling practice. Uh, before their game on Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens and Cliff Kingsbury, I asked him, I said, you know, who stood out throughout these last couple of weeks of camp? And he told me Antonio Hamilton, a guy that um, he feels has a grasp on the CB2 role. And here's where my tinfoil hat, here's where I'll put it on right now. Trying is, to lower is, the trade value. Is, is, no, well, is Cliff Kingsbury putting uh, Antonio Hamilton into the starting lineup over Marco Wilson to force the hand of Steve Kime to go get him a, another cornerback. I would push back on that and say, I, I like the conspiracy theory, but I would look at it a different way as to if they're in negotiations with another team and another team's like your uh, depth chart, a cornerback is rotten. 
Um, they could say, well, no, we're really high on this Antonio Hamilton. Didn't you hear Cliff Kingsbury in the press conference on Friday? Unprompted, bring up Antonio Hamilton. I would think Cliff and, and Steve have a good relationship where he wouldn't have to kind of throw some show, subtle shade in, in the press conference. But, I mean, regardless, it is very much on brand for Cliff Kingsbury, Bo Brock, to basically uh, kind of tout or not, I shouldn't say tout, but question the secondary. And I mean, that, that brings up the whole different dynamic of what happens now with Marco Wilson, which by the way, I think, I think Marco Wilson is going to be fine. I think Marco Wilson is going to be needed over the course of these 17 games. I would not worry about him at all, but Frank Sanders, Antonio Hamilton, Marco Wilson, that dynamic at quarter cornerback for the Cardinals. I mean, is it, is it, you know, kind of we're at the point where everybody should be overly concerned or do you buy what cliff kingsbury is selling i buy 100 percent what cliff is doing i, I mean when you, you got to look at our receiving core you got to name the guys that we got that we believe to be some of the best receivers in the nfl and that's aj green i mean you're talking about the old, old goat but that guy still knows how to get it done you want to talk about rondell moore and then you're talking about hollywood brown every day in practice you're watching these guys on one-on-ones and then also you get in the seven on sevens and then you get in the team. And when we're burning by these guys and they got to put mittens on these guys because they're grabbing them because they are they are peakers and they're not covered. They're not cover corners. They're not those guys that can play one on one. Those are the guys that are peaking in the backfield to see where things are, because Kyler has the ability to scramble or Trace McSorley. He, he could be the quarterback. Look, I buy everything that Cliff is asking for right now, and we should be nervous. That's why we're talking about this on the show right now on PHNX Cardinals because no one else in the back, no one else is going to really identify the true, the true problem that we have in our defense right now, and that's the cornerback room. Uh, I buy everything he's doing because you can see that our guys uh, is, is just probably out there on the field dominating. Bo's been at practice consistently watching these guys uh, and some guys with names that we didn't even know, but they were going against our star cornerbacks, and they just were beating them. Anthony Hamilton, look, Antonio Hamilton, he's not a he's not a young guy. He's been around a little bit. So after a while, you kind of figure a couple things out. I hope that he is that guy that can come in and kind of push Mr. Wilson to a position where he and these guys want to play. Because again, when you hungry, you're hungry. <laughs> and you got you, you only got a couple of spots on that roster, man. And I'm telling you, when you when you gotta be that guy, it might just be his time, JV. For the NFL for, to, to, to love on him and give him an opportunity to actually shine for 17 weeks and he get a chance to make his money. Jordan P in the chat giving you some love, Bo. Thank you for asking, Bo, the, the good questions because some <laughs> of those other reports just has ridiculous questions. We always make sure Bo is loaded with, with the good questions, and that's just that's the innate Big J journalist that is Bo Brock. Uh, Clay Combe asking Bo, Cliff, did he say Antonio is number two for now? Once upon a time, like Josh Rosen is the number one quarterback sure. for now. Or was he, was he, did it feel genuine when he was talking about Antonio Hamilton? I think, uh, you know, I, I'd asked him who stood out and he brought up Hamilton. He singled him out. There was really no other names he gave me as far as, you know, who's, who's had a really solid camp and then said he's, he's the cornerback number two. So, but I think you could, yeah, you could certainly see, you know, maybe there's an ellipsis there, dot, dot, dot for now or comma for now. Um, it, We'll see. I, I think that the door is absolutely open. I think that Cliff Kingsbury would welcome with open arms the team uh, trading for a cornerback, no doubt about it, because he stood up there at the dais and, and said, yeah, we, we're looking at that position. We, see, we view that as a need. And he really hasn't done that on any other positions on this roster. It's a need, and then they've had you know players get banged up, and Marco Wilson's underperformed, and it remains a lead. Picking spreads, this is an opinion of a lot of people – we touched on it a little bit yesterday. Let's touch on it again quickly here. 
Uh, I'm crossing my fingers, says pick and spreads for Jeff Okuda, that, of course, the former third overall pick of the Detroit Lions. I'm cool with swinging for the fence with him. He was arguably the best cornerback in college football and dealt with injuries and then was out in a terrible spot, was a rookie. Um, Here's the only reason I'll give some merit to this gentleman is when regimes tend to change, anything's up for grabs. And I think this Dan Campbell um, experiment and the new regime came in and they took Panay Sewell. That was their first pick, if I remember correctly, and they took Aiden Hutchinson this year. Jeff Okuda is a member of the old regime. And we saw with C.J. Henderson last year gets traded to from Jacksonville to Carolina. Uh, I I don't think it's likely because I think Jeff Okuda's had a good camp and they want it to work out. Uh, and I don't know what the Cardinals would have to give up to get him. And you'd have to be 100% convinced that he is fully here, obviously, from his ACL as a rookie and is very much looking to bounce back. But I'm not going to discredit it either because I honestly do believe that the Detroit Lions, they're in full-blown rebuild mode. They're going to be competitive this year, but they took a receiver in this year's first round bowl, Brock. That's not going to play until late October. So they're not pushing their chips in the middle of the table. If Jeff Okuda is not part of their future, why not entertain phone calls? Maybe the Cardinals give you two twos or something like that. You're Mm. trading, you're trading value. And you're steep. Well, he's the third overall pick though. I I I know, but cents on the dollar. It, it, yeah, I don't know if that's really sixty cents of that. I mean, you you would be hard pressed to give two twos up for for a, a legit corner. I mean, it's not it's not a, a quarterback we're trading for. I mean, back didn't didn't uh, Matt Schaub go for two twos at one? Well, point? Jay, I mean, but I, you're projecting this kid. He still makes no money. If you, it really just kind of depends what what grade GM Steve Kime had on Jeff sure. Kuda coming Look, out and that's, grab. Right. And I think he, I pretty well know that he had a higher grade on Jeff Okuda than Isaiah Simmons. And, and Jeff Okuda would have probably been the pick had he made it to pick eight. He had a great year for Ohio State. I mean, he was, he was the clear-cut, you know, top corner in that draft. And it was a very solid defensive draft. I mean, it, it also had, uh, you know, a big defensive tackle in it. They ended up going to Carolina and, and Simmons. And so, yeah, I, I'm not going to poo-poo who, the prospect, but, you know, he's he's shown so yeah, far I just through threw, two years. I just right. threw a couple of things out right. there. I don't follow the Lions religiously. I just know it's been two years since they took him third overall. You'd have to give up something. Otherwise, right. then well, this is our the, this thesis of but our here's conversation. The, it, Why not just keep him at that point? It wasn't Brad Holmes that was making the pick at three right. overall. So that's not an, he's not going to probably wear that as an indictment on, on his ability or inability to pick players right now. So, he probably he say, "Hey, if I can get a, a third, a third round pick." But for see, him, is that or, worth it to Detroit though? I don't think so. I just don't think it's it. worth it to them to trade him at all. I, I mean, it's year three from. Why don't you kind of see what he's got? Right uh, at this point, I mean, to trade him before the season even begins, unless you're just like, "Hey, we can't work with this guy." Is if, if Aaron Glenn, who played in the defensive secondary, very high level in the NFL, Dallas, feels like yeah. can't work with this guy, then. uh then, then, then maybe you trade them, but and that's a red, that's a massive red flag. But um, I, I don't want to dismiss it because I, I mean, any anything's on the table if if they're looking for a legitimate starting cornerback, and then you you start to peel back these layers of who and why could be available, right? They're not going to get Jalen Ramsey. They're not going to get you know an A corner from a team. They're not going to get Trayvon Diggs or the, 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 whatever his name is, the kid out of Miami who had a million picks two years ago. Like that, that's not realistic. Well, but Howard. Yeah. Yeah. They just, I mean, we'll, we'll, could, could Byron Jones become available? A guy that sure. they gave money for before, you know, prior I mean, regime. That, yep. Yeah. That's a, that's a ton of money. 
Um, you really have to think outside the box as far as it's concerned. Is, is it somebody that's that's not a household name or is it a household name that you just have to figure why did he fall out of favor with his current franchise? Um, you know, look at it. I've seen a lot of people say Rashad Fenton. Let me tell you something about the Chiefs are not going to trade the Arizona Cardinals. They play week one, a cornerback. They're not. A guy who's seen Patrick Mahomes play in practice a million times. I just don't think that that's an option right now. Uh, but you have to really think outside the box as far as who it could be. Uh, you got to see who's who's falling down, you know, the other 31 teams' defensive secondary depth chart. And, and I think we've done a pretty good job in covering most of those names, Frank. I think we did, man. But I, I think what happens is is that when these older veterans and some of these guys' names that we use that, that might hit the cap pretty hard. He just got picked. We lost Frank. He got picked off by Marcus <laughs> Peters. We're having fun on a football Friday. You can have fun on, on DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code PHNX. Bet just $5 on any college football team and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's promo code PHNX. I saw uh, ASU just named their starting quarterback. You want to you spend money on ASU this fall? I wouldn't recommend it, but you can on DraftKings. That's code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details in Bo. You're going to love this because I get to pick a DraftKings pick of the week every Friday. You know where I'm going with this. The Arizona Cardinals pound the money line on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's plus money because they're a five-point underdog. So you're going to make some money when the Cardinals upend the Baltimore Ravens at home to to slay the dragon that is their 21-game preseason win streak, which is so stupid, but – Trace McSorley, Trey McBride, beautiful music at State Farm Stadium. Do you like my DraftKings pick of the week? I hate it. I think uh. that you've been uh, you've been drinking too much of that delicious Four Peaks beer, Johnny. You've, you've had a few too many, uh, even though it's almost impossible too because it, they're, they're so delicious. It's the nectar of the gods. Four Peaks Brewing Company in Tempe. We've got our last Wednesday coming up here soon, a week from next Wednesday. We're going to be hanging out at Four Peaks on August 31st. Good food, good fun, good beer, good atmosphere, hanging out with PHNX crew. We've got our uh, next Toast of the Month sweepstakes winner that we'll announce as well. You'll win a $50 Four Peaks gift card, a PHNX shirt of your choice, a PHNX annual membership. You can read all of our articles for free. Just go to gophnx.com, click the show, click the link in the show notes. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy. We got our guy. Are we putting Frank back on the show? I see he's back. There he is. His Wi-Fi sucks. He's Frank, this the- is your last warning, Mr. <laughs> Dial-Up Internet. <laughs> So, Johnny, you you can't bet on the the Ravens to lose in the preseason. They care sure too much. They care too damn much. It's absurd. Let me, you, let me, let me Trace McSorley confirmed. Trace McSorley confirmed what we all feared that John Harbaugh and his staff preach winning as an importance in preseason. Which I is, think that's smart. I want to win every game, too. Good job, break. John Harbaugh. They win Give a bunch a of games in the regular season, go, too. Go win and, and, and blow your knee out because you were trying to win a game that doesn't matter in the actual standings. All right, I'm going to tell you right now, you put 100 bucks on this game. I'm not telling you to do that, but you put 100 bucks on DraftKings right Light now. it on or, fire. You're lighting or, it on fire. Or, or, okay, let's just say, let's say 100 bucks. You know what the payout is? 290. So you're making 190 bucks. 
when you know Trace McSorley is going to get that dub at home, he's trying to make the team. He was, did you see him last week against Cincinnati, the better Cincinnati team? Woo! Lamar's not playing. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. Everybody say Marcus Peters in the chat. That's who they want. Hey, he might be a French guy. He's certainly expensive as they go through Baltimore camp. And speaking of training camp, Bo Brock, Frank Sanders, putting a bow on training camp for the Arizona Cardinals in 2022. I want major takeaways, Bo, starting with you. You've been at practice every single day. Of course you have, PHNX Cardinals, who wouldn't expect anything less. What is your main takeaway for the Cardinals in 2022 training camp? That this preseason, it, they don't put much stock in it. Obviously, there's the evaluation. They know who their stars are. We didn't see a whole lot of their stars during preseason or training camp. We saw a lot of guys kind of emerge because they had a ton of opportunity. Guys like Trace McSurley were taking so many reps with the first team uh, that you really didn't get a good you know, idea of what Kyler Murray, Hollywood Brown were going to look like. You got a glimpse of it. You didn't. You you kept on wanting more. Uh, this defense, I think, proved that they can be better than advertised. I, I think that there's a lot more depth on this. You got to cre- give credit to, to Kime, I think, it, as far as who could be in these rotations, as far as the defensive secondary, as far as the pass rush goes, that defensive line that some people are worried about. I think there's a little bit more depth, and it came from reps, and it came from guys coming in, being unknowns, and getting the necessary you know, PT to show that they could play and, and kind of uh, live at the NFL level. So it's uh, it, it was an interesting one. It wasn't one that, from a fan's perspective, that you wanted to see because you didn't get much Kyler, you didn't get much Hollywood, you didn't get much DeAndre, you didn't get much J.J. Uh, Watt, for that matter, no Rodney Hudson. A lot of the big names were on the sidelines, and, and still, you know, you came away with, you know, feeling encouraged about this upcoming season for the Cardinals. My takeaway from the camp, I look, Bo absolutely said everything right, and, and, and his last part was more importantly that you didn't see the veterans play. You didn't, you didn't the name guys that you would normally go to a training camp to see to get all the autographs for, and have a very good idea, a, a clear vision of what your team will be going into the season. We didn't see that, but what I did see was this young group go out and smash really a Cleveland Browns team like that. That to me was very impressive. You know what it showed me that the guys are being coached extremely well. These guys are smart, intelligent. They're able to, they're able to transfer the information that they that they're getting in practice because they're getting they're getting the good amount of reps that they need. And I, look, they went out and played a very good team. I can't say specifically what's going to happen on on Sunday night, but I'm looking forward to it because what they showed versus the Cleveland Browns on an away game with a bunch of young guys put together. I mean, they showed to be they showed to be competent. They didn't have a lot of penalties. They seem to be they seem to be able to go out and play and play some good football. And so, to me, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing what these guys are able to do versus the Ravens. And again, we won't have our starters out there, but our young guys will show how well we drafted, how well we scouted. Not only that, but how well these guys are able to learn and adjust on the fly, even on a road game. I like what Lance has to say in the chat. We're returning a lot of our players, and that seemed to be a priority for the team dating back to free agency. They re-signed a bunch of their own guys. Lance goes on to say our team won a lot of games, which is true. Won 11 games last year. We know what we can be, and that's been the theme of the offseason. No need to push dudes in camp and preseason games. 100% agree. Young groups need reps and to be brought up in our system. And I that's the kind of culture the Cardinals want to cultivate. And I will kind of double down what Lance said is I, I loved what I saw in that Cincinnati game last week. That's not a throwaway game, and it's not like the Cardinals are playing their ones. They're playing their twos, threes, and sometimes fours, and they they out physical Cincinnati. I think the biggest takeaway for me that how positive 
the biggest positive is the, the lines of scrimmage on both sides, specifically on the offensive side of the football. Uh, the, I did not see a lot of hope for this offensive line group midsummer. Rodney Hudson was all but retired. DJ Humphreys was coming off a bad year. You didn't know if he, he was going to hold out, if he was sick, what was going on with his respiratory issues. Justin Pugh was at about half the size. He just got lost a bunch of weight, training, doing, uh, I think, for his wedding rights. He thought he was going to retire. Yeah. Uncertainty with Will Hernandez at right guard. Kelvin Beecham's a rock. But now we fast forward. Rodney Hudson's back. DJ Humphreys is re-signed. He's having a good camp. Uh, Justin Pugh's Justin Pugh. Will Hernandez has been the biggest surprise to me up front, bringing that physicality. Dominant play against Cincinnati. Literally dominated to the tune of, I think, a 93 grade via pro football focus. And then maybe the biggest kind of glowing endorsement of what the Cardinals are trying to do. Sean Kugler on the offensive line. Marquise Hayes and guys like Josh Jones, pipeline guys, the way you're supposed to do it. This is a franchise once upon a time that would start like undrafted free agents to tackle midseason, seventh round picks. Now they've got young guys that they're trying to draft and develop to take the place of a Kelvin Beecham and a Justin Pugh in a year. You have the depth. You're not going to get through 17 games with everybody, all your five starting linemen staying healthy. And now you've got this young nucleus that you can rely on. Sean Harlow is a glue guy. He's constantly with the starters. I would not be um, concerned about starting him one iota in a regular season game. Anybody who's followed this team for the course of 20, 25, 30 years, dating back to when Frank played with Lomas Brown, that was like the high point, not 30 years when you played Frank, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Early to mid nineties with Lomas Brown, that was like the high point of offensive line play for the Arizona Cardinals. And then there was a long period of just shit play. And anybody who followed this team in the late 70s, early 80s. Cardinals were known with Deardorff and company of elite offensive line play. We'd love to see them get back to the roots of being able to handle folks up front because not only it's going to help you on Sundays, it's going to prolong the career of Kyler Murray. And, and what we saw in that Rams playoff game, I mean, Kyler was not good. The offensive line sucked at the end of the year. They were terrible against Seattle. They were terrible against the Rams. Everybody has to be better. So far, so good. I would love to see the twos come out again against Baltimore, a team that prides itself on physical play and, and really, and really get after it, Bo. And play to win. They play to win preseason games. They want to hang that preseason banner. I want it too. (laughs) I think it's the most embarrassing thing. Trace big sorely was like, yeah, they, they, they just, they approach it differently. But Trace trying to win too. He's trying to make the team. He's trying. Look, he wants to play well. There's a difference. Guys want to go in there and get important reps. But when it comes down to like, if you're, if you're going to go all out, if you're going to go 110%, you're going to be willing to like, do anything to get that W like even like Derek Jeter in a, in a spring training game, wasn't doing everything it took to win that game. Like he's, he's not, he knows that there's a bigger picture at play and it's just a couple weeks away right now. So yeah, go ahead and, and continue your absurd win streak. Uh, but uh, yuck, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that there, there aren't a lot of young guys that can go out there and, and make some big plays for the Arizona Cardinals and show up on film and if it doesn't mean that they're going to get a chance here in the desert, that they can't get another chance somewhere else. So it was Cincinnati was really encouraging. It, you know, hopefully continue to see a front seven that nobody anticipated seeing. And and hopefully some of those cornerbacks. I hope somebody can get in there and get their their hands on a on a football, get a pick in this in this game because it would go a long way for a guy like Antonio Hamilton, or Josh Jackson, or or uh, even even Marco Wilson. It's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I think these guys, man, will uh, 
like preseason is, is not a hot topic, but I think that this is what I want to see. How well the Cliff coaches, how well he coach and how, 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 what kind of energy he wants. Uh-oh. It's slow. That might be. Who takes the preseason seriously. And to me, I think that's, hey, that's important, man. Cause sometimes you, a coach doesn't have a chess match until he has it versus a guy that thinks that he's the booger with the sugar and he, he wants to, he wants to go 22 and 0 versus and the Cardinals like shit. Not today. We coaching, we coaching all, Man, all I want to see all onside kicks. I want to see oh, fake hunts. I want to see trick plays. Yes. I, here's another yes. thing I want to see. No, two things. Arf. They suck. They suck at home. Let's let's get a dub for State Farm Stadium in the Valley. Please, Nash, please, nationally, please. Hey, hello, nationally televised with black helmets. Please. I want to be the talking point come Monday. Yes, Frank gets it. You should get a COVID-19 vaccine, by the way. They're free for everybody five and older. If you're going out to the game this weekend, get a vaccine. Stay healthy. Don't go coughing on people. We're going to have a ton of events this fall, tailgates, tons of good stuff that we want to invite you to come hang with us. But we can't do our job, hang with you, provide the phenomenal cards content that you have gotten to know and love every day if we're sick. So get a COVID-19 vaccine. They're free for everybody five and older. Those 12 and older are also eligible for a booster. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. Let me tell you about another chance to win some free stuff from PHNX and one of our great sponsors, OG's, is doing their Flavoring Life sweepstakes, and the winner will receive three bags of OG's gummies, which include orange creamsicle or any of your favorite tropical flavors, OG's, an OG's hat. You can get a PHNX shirt or a PHNX annual membership, actually, and a PHNX annual membership. Sign up at gophnx.com. Com. Click the link in the show notes. Check out OGs online at ogsbrands.com or on Instagram at ogsbrands. Find their products in your local dispensary. You must be 21 years or older. Speaking of one of our partners, it was up on our uh, Instagram today at phx underscore sports. Just me putting on an absolute just clinic as far as pickleball Wait goes. Wait a minute. Who you won't see, you'll only see Johnny Venerable just biff a serve. But there's no. this highlight. There's this highlight. It looked like Frank what? Sanders' old highlight tape of just catching pass <laughs> after pass. And then what happened? <laughs> and then what? And then we fast forwarded to the uh, award ceremony, Bo. We were at Give the pickleball because pickleball kingdom. They run a great, great place over there. It's it's the premier pickleball palace in in the desert. But I don't know what their scoring system is. It's worse than the BCS. It, Johnny was Notre Dame, and I was a more deserving. <laughs> program <laughs> and for whatever reason you got the you were hawaii you were hawaii we're not <laughs> i'm colt brennan out there setting you records are. just putting on a show and you're in your your, your dumb golden dome and i'm the getting... i'm the fifth best team in the sec they let me in what happened was we had 17 teams or 17 players we did a round yeah. robin everybody had a buy but me and because i didn't have a buy I was number. I was player number one. I played one more game than everybody else, so I won seven and lost four. And Bo and everybody who won six and lost three just slid right below, right below your boy. Uh, it was a it was a great time. We had a great time. Awesome. Our our we have the best sponsors. Uh, we get our burritos, burritos express. We get our pickleball pickleball kingdom. Right. We got new office furniture. We oh. can't wait to showcase. Whew. And everybody giving Frank a hard time. Listen. Frank's an in-studio man. This is not his fault. Our studio is under construction. We will be back and better than ever. But, gentlemen, before we conclude our preview show, let's get something on the record here. Bob Brock, I'll start with you. One thing that you're looking for 
this Sunday night. You'll be there in person, live, State Farm Stadium, Cardinals hosting the Baltimore Ravens. What are you watching in the game? More of the same from the pass rush. I want to see more of the same from the pass rush. I want to see those young guys, Cameron Thomas, Maje Sanders. I also want to see Devon Kennard, who we heard from today, continue to fight for a spot. Dennis Gardeck. Just the list goes on and on. It's deep, but you really want somebody to kind of take hold of that position and start opposite Marcus Golden, who finally reappeared on his Instagram today at his locker with the new black helmet. I was glad to see that. He's still on the team? But Good. He's still on the team. Cliff said earlier this week he... He doesn't anticipate anything keeping him out of the lineup week one. He's reportedly dealing with a toe issue. So give me more of that pass rush from the Arizona Cardinals like we saw in week one of the preseason here in week two. Also, uh, Jared Garantano, the four-string quarterback QB2 on Sunday night, he says that uh, more Kyler Murray calling plays. So does that give you any indicator about does this team care about winning this game? They got their quarterback calling the plays, Johnny, and you want to light money on fire on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, I do indeed. And here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for two things. Number okay. one, my sweet baby Trey McBride makes his Arizona Cardinal debut. <laughs> and I, I I wish I could bet on a prop for him scoring a touchdown on DraftKings. I can't yet. Not until the regular season. But damn it, even if it was plus 1,000, I'd be putting money on it because I think Trey McBride gets into the end zone. I was this close. Andy, again, let me down. Isabella was down at what? The one or two yard line last week. Should have got in. Trey McBride scoring a touchdown Sunday night. If you're there live in person, kudos to you. Get to see that blessed moment. Number two, <laughs> I want to see Victor Dumakeji double down on the ass kicking he gave Cincinnati last week. I want to see him continue to rack up pressures because, as Bo Brock mentioned, we love Devon Kennard, the person, the human being. I don't want Devon Kennard starting for this football team. I want a young guy playing opposite Marcus Golden who's hungry, who's fiery, who has an upside. Dumakeji, who played really well at Duke. Six-round pick. Look at the Cardinals, Marquise Hayes, Victor Dumakeji, doing well in the later rounds. That's not the Arizona Cardinals we've known. So, Victor, if you're listening, my man, go out and take that job. Force them to play you on Sundays because what I saw on Friday night against Cincinnati translates and it sure as hell works, Frank Sanders. Look, 91 Clay, my answer is just what you said earlier. Look, when it comes to what I want to see, I don't. I want to see this team improve, like just do better. This is a great challenge across the board. The Ravens' name has always been you know, synonymous for not just the 21-0, but just overall. This has been a beat-down team. I'm going to punch you in the face. We're hard-nosed. We're gritty. we grinders. And we don't give a S about you. We're the Ravens with the history of Ray Lewis. That's how we walk into stadiums. Look, I happen to be one of the kids that one of the guys who was fortunate to play in that uniform. But I'll let you know. I hope to see that our young guys and the guys that we saw play against the, play against the Browns, these guys, Browns, Bengals, Bengals, the Bengals, um, literally go to the next level. I want to see Cliff call the plays. I don't, I don't want to see Kyler calling plays. I want to see Cliff get into the mode and the mindset of I'm, play, I'm playing against a coach who wants to win, so I'm going to do my best to win. I want to see Trace McSorley go out and have a hell of a great game. But after that, I want to see Mr. I guarantee a win. That's Jared. I hope he pulls, pulls the second half of the second half of the game and, and, and go out and show what he can do, Stop throwing two touchdowns. Look, I want to see my man Gregory – my short, my short receiver do what he does last, what he did last week on the punt on. The, I would that would be so much that would be exciting to me, and to not want. Wanted to see. Go right ahead, brother. I, I you, you cut out, so I wanted to what you were saying. You want you want to see more Greg Dortch, and, and yeah. I think you will see more Greg Dortch and, and more Andy Isabella. They'll probably nah. be the two. 
there'll be the two featured guys out there. And then you've got uh, other guys like, as Johnny mentioned, Trey McBride is going to be heavily featured. And I wouldn't be surprised to see more Victor Bolden Jr. We saw one, one nice. catch, two catches from him. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, gonna be it's gonna be fun and then Keontae ingram da's guy let's let's see another strong performance from the sixth round pick at a usc the running back uh can he continue to have a great camp but uh you know i think everybody's still like the offense is gonna be fine right you know hollywood brown says it's more like the ou system so he's gonna come in there he's not gonna miss a beat he's got the rapport with kyler deandre hopkins and you know six weeks after the regular season kicks off he'll be fine Ertz will be fine so you know, the defense is where we want to see most of the uh, production in these preseason games. I want everybody to log it right now on your phone. We will have a post-game show immediately following the Baltimore-Arizona Cardinal preseason game come Sunday night. I believe kickoff is at 5. You can expect our post-game show immediately following the game. Myself, Damian Anderson, Bo Brock will be reporting live from State Farm Stadium, hoping to get Bo a live shot, Mr. Live Shot on the money, Bull Brock, asking those tough questions to Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff, why didn't you play the starters late in the game so we can get that <laughs> dub and make my co-host money? But be sure to check that out. I want to remind everybody, like this video right now. It does immense things for the algorithm to share this video around as we continue to make our mark as the best damn Arizona Cardinals podcast that you can get anywhere else. Check out gophnx.com. Become a member, 99 cents for the first month, eight ninety nine. For the subsequent month, we have the best t-shirt you have ever seen coming out from our PHNX merchandise locker. I can't wait to show you. But until then, like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review. Our numbers are going through the roof, and it's because of all of you. So thank you so much as you continue to make this your place to talk Arizona Cardinal football. For Frank Sanders, Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. We will see everybody, everybody, including you, in the postgame show on Sunday night. Take care and peace.